you have your Bibles, um, I hate to say you're not going to use them tonight because we are. So I've given you all the, the blanks on your outline here with all the scripture. So we are going to use our Bibles tonight, but you're going to be flipping a lot if you try to find all the passages. So I've conveniently given them to you on this yellow sheet of paper. And so hear me say you're using your Bibles tonight, but we're not doing the, temp- the, the customary. We're going to go through a particular passage of scripture. We're going to be looking at becoming a faithful friend. And here's the deal. I got... The time's ticking. I got about 18 minutes here. So we're going to, we're going to, I talk fast as it is, but we're about to put this thing in overdrive and we're about to crush it. All right. So y'all just, just go with it here. We're going to just knock this thing out and uh, we're going to look at, uh, really, uh, you've got nine marks on here of becoming a faithful friend. And I, just for kicks and giggles, I added a 10th one this afternoon. So we're going to do 10 of them. All right. And so that's like two minutes a piece. Let's do this thing. All right. Everybody ready? All right. So today, we're going to look at our, our feature scripture is John 15, 12 and 13, right? This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. Now, tonight, we're not going to be looking at these are 10 things in which you need to have in friends, right? And this is not an evaluative tool for you to look at your friends and say, man, my friends stink. I need to get new friends, Now, this is a tool for you to use to say, am I being a faith-filled friend to other people? Right now, it may be a good tool for you to look at your friends and say, my friends are garbage. It's time for me to get some godly friends. That's okay. But at the end of the day, my goal for you is to say, am I being a godly friend to the people around me? Right? I can't expect to have friends if I'm not going to be a godly, uh, Christ-honoring, good friend to the people around me. So tonight we'll look at 10 marks and are 10 things that you could say traits of a good, godly friend. Some of them are just good friends, but these are just good, godly, faithful friends. And I would ask you, are you being a good, godly, faithful friend? All right. So that's the evaluative tool that we want to use tonight. You've heard it a thousand times here before. We need Jesus and we need each other. All right. So we need Jesus and we need each other to point us back to point one, which was we need Jesus. All right. So. Number one, a friend encourages. A friend encourages. You see your outline there. The scriptures are conveniently provided for your comfort and pleasure. Hebrews 3.13, but exhort, encourage one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Today, one of the easiest things that you can do as you leave this place to be a good friend is to be an encourager. That word encourager means to put courage back into a person. We live in a world in which there is discouragement everywhere, all around us. Every nook and cranny of this world is filled with discouragement, taking the courage out of a person. It's filled with frustration and hurt and pain. And the easiest thing, the easiest and simplest thing for you to do as you leave this place, the most practical application that you can give is be an encourager as you leave this place. Encourage somebody. Put the courage of the Lord back in a person with your words. Be an encourager. I can't tell you how wonderful it is. Uh, the past few days, or yesterday, I went to Birmingham and spent some time with my high school friends. My high school friends that I met through this church and grew up through this church, we spent the day together at a, at a concert and I, I went early and had breakfast with one of my best friends. And we just sat for two hours across the table from a biscuit and just talked. We shared life with each other and we encouraged each other. And it was like, it was like soothing for my soul, right? You've been there with those people that encourage you, that lift you up and pick you up and help you out when you're down. And so I would, I would just encourage you, 
to encourage somebody else. Your lips and your words can be full of poison to other people or they can be like the life of encouragement to someone else. One of my favorite parts of pre-marriage counseling, and if you ever are thinking about getting married, it's a good thing, go for it. Um, But if you want me to do your pre-marriage counseling, the first question that I'll ask you as you sit on that couch that interestingly enough, Brittany and I sat on uh, like 12 years ago with Pastor Jay, so it's really neat. One of the first questions that I ask everybody that sits on that couch is, hey, uh, Ryan, why do you love Janie? And then Ryan would share. And then I say, Janie, why do you love Ryan? And then Janie shares. And I don't, for anybody that comes in, that's the number one question to ask. And then I ask, what is their best strengths? What are the best qualities? And it is beautiful to see as they sit on the couch, as the future spouse is talking, the light just light up in the other person. As they are hearing beautiful words spoken about their spouse, as they're hearing about why they love the other person, what their strengths are, you can just see their faces just light up and radiate like they've been plugged into an outlet. They just radiate joy in hearing good, soothing words about the other person. You have that power in your words to be an encourager and and not just like a, a small encourager. You can be generous in your encouragement. I have never met a single person that says, I don't need to be encouraged. I just wish that people would stop encouraging me. It's just, it's too much. The encouragement is too much. Never. So step one, if you want to be a good, godly, faithful friend, be an encourager to people. Man, I like to surround myself with encouraging people. And so if you need encouragement in your life, first and foremost, be an encourager to other people. Secondly, a friend comforts. A friend comforts. You see 2 Corinthians 7, 5, and 6, for even when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. Paul says, we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also the comfort with which he was comforted by you as he told of your longing, your mourning, and your zeal for me as I rejoiced still more. I think it's beautiful that as Paul is struggling, he says, I was comforted simply by the coming of Titus into my life. That as Titus appeared, almost like when Paul saw Titus coming, he was like, oh yes, my brother, he's here. It's not really recorded what what Titus says or how how he navigates that difficult season, but simply Titus's presence in Paul's life was a comfort to him. I would encourage you, As you know, friends and brothers and sisters who are walking through grief and hardships, your ministry of presence to comfort them is incredibly important. Now, sometimes we think we've got to come and have all the right answers. We've got to know what to say to comfort somebody. But your mere presence in their presence brings God's presence with you. To simply say, not here's all the answers. Here's exactly why you're, here's exactly why you're walking through a hard time. But to simply say, do you know that I love you? God loves you, and I am praying for you constantly. Really, at the end of the day, that's all we really have to show up and say. Brother, do you know that I love you, and I am praying for you? And if there's a scripture that you feel like the Lord puts in your heart, say it. But your simple presence in that place as you walk with somebody through their hardships to say, I am here for you, I don't have all the answers, but brother, I love you. And I am praying for you. And so a friend would comfort. Number three, a friend helps in hardships. 
A friend helps in hardships. You see Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Can I tell you a secret today? You are messy folks, all of you. We're all messy, right? Not trying to be cute. I'm just saying we're all messy. We have messy situations. None of us are easy. None of us are simple. We all bring our mess into our relationships. We're messy because we're we're broken. We're, We're struggling. This is a hard life we're living. This is a messy situation. So I am thankful for the friends that look at me and say, Mark's messy. I'm out of here. Mark's walking through a mess. I'm out of here. Now, as believers, as brothers and sisters, when we walk through messes, we say, I'm with you. I'm in it. I'm in it with you. I'm going to get dirty with you. You know, Jesus, we've seen his habit of getting messy with people, touching lepers, touching sinners, spitting in some eyes and getting messy with their mess. So in the midst of mess, we don't run away from our brothers and sisters. We run to We run in the midst of them to say, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you in the midst of your mess, not run away and say, get cleaned up and then I'll be back later to take care of things. A friend helps in hardships. You see this beauty of this proverb, a friend loves at all times. And a brother, a brother is born in the midst of that adversity. So know that a friend helps in hardships. A friend strengthens. A friend strengthens. Number four, a friend strengthens. You've Got this familiar proverb, Proverbs 27, 17, that iron sharpens iron and so one man sharpens another. Can I tell you, one of the easiest things to look at your friendships is to say, do I make people better? Do I make people better? It's such a good evaluative tool for your friendships with other people. Do I make people better? Your friend should make you better and not worse. Your friendship should make you better, stronger, sharper, not worse and duller. Are you making the people around you stronger and sharper? Or are you making them dull and dull and dull? Are you making your brothers and sisters sharper? Because that would lead us to number five, pointing you to Jesus. A friend points you to Jesus. In the midst of iron and sharpening iron and one man sharpening another, just ask you, do you point people to Jesus? You see Luke 5, 17 through 39 But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles and the midst before Jesus. They saw the friend's faith. They said, man, your sins are forgiven. We've talked a lot about this particular story in the Bible of the friends pulling the roof away to lower their friends down to Jesus. Your friend should point you to Jesus. Better yet, you should point your friends to Jesus. Do you consistently, when things are difficult, when things are rocky, do you point your friends to Jesus? When they get off the pathway, when they get struggling in different ways, do you point your friends to say, let me give you a word. Let me give you some encouragement. Just fix your eyes onto Jesus. Number six, a friend prays. A friend prays. Colossians 1, 3 through 5, we thank our God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for the saints. Along with encouragement, can I tell you one of the most incredible questions that you can ask anybody? For the most part, you can ask almost anybody on this planet. You can ask your spouse. You can ask your parents. You can ask your kids. You can ask your friends at school. How can I pray for you? Man, it's so simple. As you go to a restaurant after church or as you have people come and work on your house, 
Do you know that there is no more beautiful question that is uh, not uh, offensive or not overly cumbersome to just simply say, friend, how can I pray for you? And, and you know what's beautiful about that question is you learn so much about somebody to say, hey, how can I pray for you? And then to follow it up and say, I just want you to know I am praying for you. Do you know how good it feels to know that there are people and multitudes praying for this church? Every Sunday morning, knowing that right down there in the fellowship hall on this side, that there are a multitude of people praying for our church and for you. You know, it's beautiful to get cards in the mail like this. It's a dog, uh, but to open it up and from our church to get a card like this that has what I think and what the parents think is a slide. I'm not sure, uh, but it looks who knows what. But it's from Grant and Ansley Johnson and Corey and Callie. They just simply said at the bottom, after drawing a picture, they said, Mark, we just want you to know that we're praying for you in the church. Cards like this put courage back into the pastor. They put courage back into you when you get a card or a note or a text that day that says, hey, I just want you to know today I am praying for you. Do you get those? Do you receive those when you receive a text from somebody in your Sunday school class that says, hey, today I want you to know that you have been well prayed for. Do you think, well, that's garbage. I don't want prayer. You think, yes, Lord, thank you. There's somebody praying for me. Thank the Lord. There's somebody out there praying right now for me in the situations that I have. You don't know what a card like this, a simple card that says, we want you to know with a picture of a slide or who knows what, we're praying for you. Brothers and sisters, as you leave here, as you encourage other people, can I tell you how important it is that we as the body of Christ pray for one another. In your friendship circles, turn the conversation. If you're looking for a way to turn it to the spiritual side, just simply say, hey guys, I was just thinking, how can I pray for y'all? How can I pray for you today? And then follow it up in prayer. Number seven, hitting the home stretch. Seven, a friend forgives. A friend forgives. Colossians 3, 12 through 13, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving one another. Our scripture, remember, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Our friends will disappoint us. They will not always act up to par, but can I tell you, our standard of forgiveness is very high. That we forgive one another as God and Christ has forgiven you. Friends, I would encourage you as you walk with your friends, as you have roadblocks in your relationships. Forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. Let's go to number eight. A friend serves. A friend serves. Have this mind amongst you, which is your, yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. As brothers and sisters, we serve one another. We care deeply about one another, not say that this relationship is about me, but we are gonna, out of love for one another, serve one another in love and in kindness and out of deference to other brothers. Serve one another. Number nine, a friend rebukes, saving almost the hardest for last. Galatians 6, one and two. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. As your brothers and sisters, as your friends are walking through seasons in which they are maybe have gotten their eyes off the prize, walking through a hardship of struggle and maybe being tempted and wandering off into different things, 
our calling as friends is to lovingly and graciously rebuke. And it is difficult. It's not something easy where we go with joy and say, I can't wait to call my brother out. No, you see on your scripture there that they should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And there's a calling for us in our friendships to call out in a loving and kind and compassionate way our brothers and sisters who may have gotten off the path. And so a friend doesn't let a friend continue to go off into darkness, into deceit, into habits and patterns that ultimately would destroy. We rebuke and help restore a brother with the spirit always of gentleness. And then number 10, your bonus uh, number is rejoice. I couldn't end on rebuke. That sounds so sad to just end on rebuke. So I had to end on a happy note, right? A friend rejoices. And one of the greatest joys in my life is calling my, uh, my friends and rejoicing over some good news. And it's good to have friends that walk with you in the valley of the shadow of death, but it is also good to have friends over to your house to celebrate and party together. It is good to have good fellowship with your friends. Uh, we uh, have three kids, and obviously, and with our first, we had a, a season of difficulty in getting to Micah's birth, and uh, it was an absolute joy after we told our parents that we were having Micah to ring up all four of my college roommates who I dearly love. And one by one, get to tell them the news of Brittany's pregnancy and to hear them rejoice with me. To just to celebrate and, and share and laugh and, and say, yes, this is so great. And to celebrate with somebody. And so do you celebrate well? Is there a spirit of jealousy in your friends when they have good news? Or is it, yes, we celebrate with you. We rejoice with you. Man, I love to hang out with people who like to celebrate, who like to rejoice. And so as we end tonight, of these 10 things, and there's a list that could go on a mile long, but I only had 18 minutes. So my friend rejoices. As you look at these things, again, my goal for us tonight is not to say, oh, this is a good list, just check, check, check. It's to ask, are you being a good and godly friend to the people around you? We need Jesus and we need each other. We cannot do this in a silo. We need good, godly friendships all around you. And to be a friend, be a brother, it sticks close. And as iron sharpens iron, let one man sharpen another. Dear Lord, thank you for this evening. We thank you for the joy of coming together as the body of Christ to, to celebrate and sing and laugh and talk and see each other's faces and just tell of your good and wondrous works. Thank you for the reflections that started us out tonight and thank you for the songs that we've sung as we come to this time to just pause for a moment to reflect and invite one another to respond. I pray that we are pricked with that question from this morning. Who do you say that I am? And as we leave tonight, Lord, I pray that we, we examine our own hearts to see how we can be a better friend of encouragement, of comfort, of love, of uh, sharpening one another as we grow towards Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.